Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the self-care witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the collective. Hi, welcome back to the Expansive Astrology Podcast. This is episode 46, and it's our Gemini 2023 episode. Ah, We're here. We are in Gemini season. I, this is, I really love this energy. I love the, the content I love what Gemini season brings us in expansive astrology. And I'm excited to see where this episode takes us. I think this might be a relatively short episode. Um, I want to get it out to you. It's, it's later in the season than I would like. Who's surprised? I am still very pregnant. (laughs) very pregnant. Like I couldn't be much more pregnant. Um, (laughs) so it's, you know, 2023 has been a wild ride for me and, um, I'm doing what I can to both really, um, give myself time and spaciousness and, um, presence and to really like sink in to this pregnancy while also staying connected to my work, um, staying connected to expansive astrology. My maternity leave has technically started. I'm not seeing clients anymore. It's only been a week and I, it feels really weird. (laughs) Um, I had my last moon meetup and that feels really weird. I, I'm already really missing my work. I'm missing my clients. I'm missing my, my, um, like moon meetup attendees, my members. I love my work. (laughs) So it's been, it's been interesting to balance both things and it's felt good to miss my work, you know? Um, and it's only going to get more complicated (laughs) and more tiring at the end of the pregnancy, because then I'll have a newborn little baby. (laughs) Um, So we'll see what's to come. But I'm glad even though it's later in the season than I would like, again, (laughs) I am really glad that I'm able to sit down here with you today and chat a little bit about Gemini season and um, bring you the expansive astrology for the season. This is these first four signs of the astrological year, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer, are so foundational. They are so important. And the, the invitations that I present to you in expansive astrology are so juicy. <laughs> if I do say so myself, I think that these four, first four seasons set, lay such an important, beautiful, potent, enlightening, enlightened, um, empowered foundation to take us through the rest of the astrological year. But we start off with Aries season, 
where the phrase is I am, it's the sign of self. And every year, if you follow along with expansive astrology every single year, we take that month-ish period, that month-ish time frame, and really look at our sense of self, our foundational sense of who am I, what am I, how do I take up space, how do I use my voice? How do I use my fire? How do I connect with my inner flame? And then moving into Taurus season, the phrases I have, and we look at what we, what we do with that space, what we do with that voice, what it gives us, what we're building. Taurus invites us to look at what we're cultivating, how we cultivate safety, security, and pleasure. Aries helps us to take the space. Then Taurus helps us to get our hands in the dirt and, and do some cultivating, some gardening with that space. What, are, what do we have in that space? What are we building in that space? And then we're in Gemini, where the phrase is, I think. And the theme, or it rules the house of communication. Mutable air. So in Gemini season, we're looking at who we are, we're building upon that, right? Who we are and what we have. And then how we bring that out into the world. How do you bring what you are and what you have into the world? How do you connect with the world? How do you connect with others? What is reflected back to you in the world? Gemini is represented by the twins, And it's always seeking its other half. It's always seeking its reflection. Gemini invites us to really look at our impact. How do you communicate? So it's different from Aries, right? In Aries, we're looking at like how we take up space and how we use our voice, which is so important, so important, so important to make sure that we are using our birthright to use our voice, to make sure that we're taking advantage of our birthright to take up space. And then Gemini, when I'm talking about like using our voice, making connections, expressing what we have, communicating, it's, it's different than Aries where we're just kind of like feeling out our lungs and feeling out like how loud do I need to be in different situations? Gemini, we're really getting effective with it. We're learning effective communication. We're learning how we, how we connect what is within us with what is outside of us. Gemini helps to teach us how to respect and express the self. It's this weaving of what is outside of us, how that impacts us and what we do with that. How we get our internal needs met externally, how we make this happen. And I'll probably mention this a couple of times. So don't get tired of it. (laughs) Uh, But Gemini is very mercurial. It's ruled by Mercury. It's related with the magician in the tarot. And I have an in-depth program called Retrograde Revival Guide that's all, it's completely inspired by Mercury and Mercury Retrograde and how we work with Mercury, how Mercury works with us. So I'm going to be mentioning 
that a lot in this episode. Anytime we're talking about Gemini, we're talking about Mercury, we're talking about the magician and how we communicate our needs. And I have a whole program that I run about three times a year. Every time Mercury goes retrograde, the next time will be in August. Uh, I have a whole program about that, about how we express ourselves most effectively. So I'm I'm just going to remind you of the fact that that exists. <laughs> and if this is something that you feel like um, you need some refining with, empowered, helpful, effective communication, um, just keep that, keep that in mind as a resource for you. Um, again, it, it's returning in August. But Mercury, the magician, Gemini has us like really considering what is happening inside of me? What am I needing? What are my internal needs? What are my internal experiences? What is happening inside of me? What is happening outside of me? And how do those things connect? It is one of the most, the most empowering things that you can practice exploring and connecting with at each and every turn. Every time you're having an argument with your partner, okay, what is happening inside of me? What am I needing? What are my goals here? What am I experiencing? What am I assuming? Who is in the driver's seat? Is it my ego? Is it my soul? Is it my inner child? Is it my inner asshole? (laughs) Who is in the driver's seat? What is happening inside of me? What is happening outside of me? What might, knowing that we can't read minds, we can't tell the future, knowing that everything that we are taking in is, um, we're taking it in through our perspective, right? Our own um, flawed and biased lens. Acknowledging that my way of seeing things is just a way of seeing things and I'm open to being wrong, right? Knowing all of that, what is happening outside of me? What do I think um, the needs are in the situation outside of me? What do I think the other person might be needing? What do I think the other person's goal is here? So I've looked at what is happening inside of me? What is my goal? What is happening outside of me? What do I think their goal is? And how can I make those things connect? How can I find some empowerment and control and effectiveness and grace and ease and power, just power? How can I enact some power here? One more time, just because it's so important. Gemini and Mercury and the magician help us look at how we express ourselves. It's the weaving of what is outside of us and how that impacts us and what we do with that. How we get our internal needs met externally. What is happening inside of me? What is happening outside of me? And how do these things connect? This is foundational in having a realistic idea of who and how we are in the world. It's effective self-expression. It invites us to explore authenticity. How we share the different parts of ourselves. 
when we choose not to share certain parts of ourselves. And people being represented by the twins and um, being mutable, a mutable sign. Uh, Gemini is kind of known for being flaky or two-faced. And that, I don't want to take that away from anybody. Like that might be true, but I think there's... Um, a more accurate way to describe that. And I think it's that um, Gemini is like all things all at once. It, it has, it is able to have incredibly deep and complex experiences, seemingly opposite experiences all at once. And we, we all have experience with this. We all know what this can be like, whether you have a Gemini heavy chart or not. We all experience duality. We all experience things that are seemingly opposite at the same damn time. Um, You know, it's those moments where we are both scared shitless and totally grateful for something. It's those times when you are both absolutely completely furious and pissed off with someone that you love. We experience duality and like seemingly opposite. We can have seemingly opposite experiences at the exact same time all the time. And we get to choose what we express. We get to choose what we share. Sometimes, (laughs) ideally, right? There are also experiences and times where what is happening inside of us is... um, transparent (laughs) and obvious and it's seen by others maybe despite our best efforts (laughs) so maybe we don't always get to choose what we share and what what is coming across (laughs) um and it's the idea right is that um gemini has us exploring what do you share when are you most authentic when are you willing to um share your experience And when are you not? I think in some ways this really expands upon what we've learned in Aries and Taurus about who we are, what we have, what we are. And Gemini reminds us that we are, it's not that simple, right? We are complicated. We are everything. We are so many things. And like, as important as it is to, to, I really enjoy that Aries work, that like I am work of what am I? What am I made of? What is important to me? What do I value? What am I? I think as important as that is, I also really appreciate Gemini for reminding me that um, I am also so much more than those things and that those things are changing and will likely change throughout my life. Like there are, cer- I, there are certain things that I will always be probably. And also I can't possibly really, I can't know that. I don't know that. I don't know what I'm going to be. Um, even like two weeks from now, (laughs) um, especially as I'm about to enter into a completely new phase of life, I'm about to, um, go through the threshold, the initiation that is giving birth to a human being. (laughs) Um, we are often changing and that's a wonderful thing and something that Gemini can help us to do when we learn effective, healthy, helpful, beautiful, um, 
transparent, brave authenticity, when we learn healthy, helpful self-expression, we're learning how to allow ourselves to be ever-changing. It helps permission ourselves to be uh, complicated creatures. (laughs) We're invited to, it's okay to change. It's okay to change. And we're invited to share our process of doing so. And I think allowing that duality, allowing that process, allowing that transparency and authenticity um, helps to mitigate the idea or the impact um, where it where it might come across as two-faced or flaky. I hope that makes sense. It was kind of long-winded, <laughs> but I hope that makes sense. Self-expression, how we express ourselves. Uh, it's something I'm so passionate about. <clears throat> something I love to um, consider. Something I love helping my clients consider. I think Gemini energy gets kind of a bad, <laughs> bad rep. And, um, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but this, this work, these invitations are so important for our human experience. So I am pretty, pretty dang passionate about it. I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm actually surprised that I wouldn't call Gemini one of my favorite signs. (laughs) Um, maybe I have, maybe I just have like a loving affinity toward Gemini energy and toward this work because I'm an Aquarius and Aquarius is also all about authenticity. Um, so I just adore it. I just love it. And I feel like it is so important. So today I want to talk a bit about the nervous system because Mercury rules the nervous system. Uh, and then I want to focus on that, that self-expression piece. The topic of the nervous system is massive. Uh, And to say that a sign or a planet rules the nervous system is like, I always want to follow that up with like, no big deal. (laughs) Like it is a very big deal. It's a very big deal. When we're talking about the nervous system, it's like, it's, it's everything. Every idea that we have runs through this channel. Everything we experience, whether we're um, like consciously aware and awake and with those experiences or not, every single thing that we experience, every idea that we have, every thought that we have, every fear that we have, everything, everything we like runs through this channel, through this system. And so in expansive astrology, we use Gemini season to really practice constantly checking in with How am I doing? How is my system? What am I experiencing in my body? And having a relationship with this system, really having a a knowing and trusting and close relationship with the nervous system allows us to know ourselves. It's like what provides consciousness. The nervous system coordinates all activities of the body coordinates our ability. It allows us to respond and adapt to our environment. The nervous system is the major controlling, regulatory, and communicating system in the body. 
It is the center of all mental activity, including thought, learning, and memory. And through its receptors, the nervous system keeps us in touch with our environment, both external and internal. Millions of sensory receptors detect changes called stimuli, which occur inside and outside the body. They monitor things like temperature and light and sound from the external environment, while inside the body, the internal environment, receptors detect variations in pressure, pH, carbon dioxide, various levels of electrolytes, like all of this gathered information our system experiences and interprets all of this sensory input. And this sensory input is converted into electrical signals called nerve impulses that are transmitted to the brain. There, the signals are brought together to create sensations, to produce thoughts, or to add to memory. Based on the sensory input and integration, those decisions that are made, the nervous system responds by sending out signals to the muscles. And that's That's the magician. (laughs) That's Gemini. We experience these sensory things with millions of receptors. The sensory input, whether it's within our being or external is converted into electrical signals that are transmitted to the brain. And then those signals are brought together and interpreted and they create sensations or thoughts or memories or decisions. And I bring all of this up to illustrate exactly how fucking complex it is. Our nervous system, it's a system. Our brain chemistry is so, so, So complicated, miraculous, impressive, frustrating. So when we're talking about our nervous system, we are talking about a lot. It is doing stuff, detecting stuff, sending messages that we are not even aware of. Way back, like in ancient Egypt, like 3000 years ago, medical practitioners at the time described a strange wire within the body And they described it the best way that they could. They observed and described this strange wire within the body, all these wires, as this system in our body that connects all of our prana, which is um, the Indian equivalent to Chinese chi. It's life force, life energy, energy force, the force. It's vital energy. And ancient practitioners observing this system of wires within our bodies, um, they made sense of it by like noticing that this is, this is the system. These are the wires that connect all of our prana, all of our life force energy and supplies it to the rest of the body. This is the system of the chakras and each vital organ is a point where prana collects. It is said that the chakras regulate our internal functions like our immune system, 
regulating emotions, allowing us to connect to our higher consciousness. And today, when we talk about the nervous system, I think most of us, many of us have a pretty basic, pretty um, decent understanding of what the nervous system is and how it operates and what it does for us. And it's often kind of boiled down to like fight or flight um, or anxiety is when I hear it referred to most is when we're talking about things like fight or flight uh, and, and trauma and the impact of trauma on our system. And if you like use Google images and just search for the nervous system, just to kind of remind you of what it looks like and what those wires look like and how, um, I think it's really interesting to consider the ancient Egyptian uh, medical practitioners and um, consider the ideas of prana and chi and the chakra system and really practice like honoring what that means, honoring uh, this weird system of wires that is held within our body that does so much of the work so much of the interpretation of what is happening for us. It allows us to connect to ourselves within ourselves. It allows us to connect um, with our external environment. And for me, uh, it brings a couple different reminders. Um, first off, to really honor what that means, to really honor the system, honor my energy tend to my energy knowing that like um there's an invitation to not dismiss anything knowing that everything that comes up for you everything your system experiences it's all data it's all telling you something when you become activated in fight or flight that's telling you something when you're exhausted it's your system telling you something. It's data. When you feel afraid, when you feel um, excited, when you feel numb, when you're disconnected from your own experience in your system, like it's all data. And I'm just reminded, like, don't, don't dismiss any of it. Honor your impulses. The little inklings that you get. Don't dismiss anything. Learn how to have a more playful, trusting, tuned in relationship with your nervous system, with your system, with your life force, with your impulses. Learn how to have a relationship with everything that comes up for you. And you will really start to like learn your power. You know? It's like the secret to unlocking your power. So we're talking about the nervous system because Gemini is ruled by Mercury, which um, is the ruler of the hands, lungs, and nervous system. And we're talking about communication and self-expression because that is the major theme of Gemini as well. Gemini is both expressive and contemplative. This season 
is for you to really explore and be with your reactions to things. Honoring your thoughts about things, noticing how your nervous system is reacting to things and empowering yourself with intention and magic to help you grasp power of how you're showing up in the world. And one way that we do that, one way that Gemini provides that is um, in, in inviting us to evaluate how we are reflected in the world around us. What is your relationship with authenticity? When your actions and what you're putting out is congruent with your beliefs, it's congruent with what is within. Do you reveal yourself openly? How comfortable are you with vulnerability? Can you practice gently and safely expanding your level of comfort with vulnerability. And something that's important to consider is like, how do you wish to be perceived? What do you want the world to see you as? And what do you want to see reflected in the world? Being aware of this will help you keep control over the ways you may be overcorrecting, hiding, avoiding certain truths. Like, for example, if it is important to you that you are perceived as strong, how does that impact how you show up in the world? How does that influence what you do and do not show to the world? Ask yourself, why is it important that I'm seen as strong? And how does that desire inform what I allow others to see? Can you allow yourself to be both strong and a million other things too? This can help illuminate some barriers to effective communication, to effective self-expression. Because, um, like, communication is hard. It's hard. Effective, authentic communication. It doesn't really... uh, It doesn't always come naturally. (laughs) It can be really hard to learn, especially in our culture. Um, It's not valued. It's not prioritized. Like authenticity is not um, as important as appearing strong or, um, you know, a million other things. And knowing what things get in your way of communication and why knowing like what was modeled for you by your caregivers, what was encouraged in you growing up, what is your communication like in your current roles? What is it expected to be like in your current roles? 
having an understanding of like what exists in your world that um, may contribute to difficult conversation or difficulty expressing the truth of who and what you are. It's useful to be very clear on that and very aware of that. So that while we're moving through Gemini season and learning to ask ourselves, what is happening inside of me? What is happening outside of me? And how can I align those things? How can I use my empowerment, my magic to connect what is inside of me with what is outside of me? Knowing um, our own expectations and our own barriers to that is an integral part in understanding um, what is going on and why, you know? So I am calling you to challenge yourself and expand your comfort and your ability to communicate, your willingness to be vulnerable and be seen. Express yourself more fully, more often. Isn't it beautiful that pride begins in Gemini, that Pride Month coincides with Gemini. I think that's just perfect. So the effective communication that I'm talking about requires a weaving, an interweaving. It requires balance between getting your needs met and respecting the needs of others. It's a weaving. It's a balance of what is inside of you and what is outside of you. So I'm returning to a a variation on a familiar theme, (laughs) a variation on the theme that I've been talking about this whole episode. I have three questions for you to consider when you're communicating with others, especially when it's hard. Uh, Three questions. What does the other person need in this interaction? What do I need in this interaction? And what is needed in this interaction to maintain or build my self-respect? This is Retrograde Revival Guide stuff. We really dive into this in Retrograde Revival Guide. What do I think, knowing that it's my perception and that I could be wrong, what do I think the other person needs? What is it that I need? And how can I get that done in a way that maintains or builds my self-respect? How can I get that done in a way that doesn't compromise who and what I am? And that part cannot be glossed over. That is one of the most important pieces. Like when you're moving throughout the world, whose needs are you prioritizing? And how does that feel? What would happen if you started prioritizing yourself and your needs? Making sure that you're doing that in a way that you can respect. Making sure that you're doing that in a way that um, isn't harmful or hurtful to others. And what would happen in your world if you started to prioritize yourself? And this isn't like a fruity, fluffy, sparkly question necessarily. Um, Usually the answer to that isn't, well... If I started really prioritizing myself, um, you know, all of my problems would go away and 
everything would be lovely and sparkly and fruity and wonderful. Like that's the goal. Um, and hopefully you will find like once you start prioritizing yourself and what you need in a way that is healthy, helpful and effective. Um, like when we experience alignment and when we work to align ourselves with goodness and when we work to align ourselves with what our self needs, like the hope is, yeah, that, that we will experience a very sparkly, enchanted, wonderful life. And I do think that is the way to a lovely, sparkly, enchanted, wonderful life. And usually when we're starting this work, the uh, impact of prioritizing yourself and expressing yourself and making sure that your needs are getting met, uh, that can often be really sticky and difficult and it can kind of shake up some relationships, uh, perhaps relationships that... um, require you to abandon yourself or prioritize not yourself. Um, So that just feels worth mentioning, right? That like these are really lovely questions to ask, very important things to consider and to start to play with of um, prioritizing your needs. And I can't tell you how many times I've worked with, with, you know, clients in counseling or coaching who have like kind of come to me and been like, fuck, Melissa, if I start standing up for myself and if I start demanding respect from the people in my life, there might not be anyone left. That is very real. It happens. It's fucked. (laughs) It is fucked up that that's the reality for so many people. And Returning to those three questions, I can't emphasize how important this is enough. It is so important. Returning to those three questions. What am I needing right now? What is my best guess at what they may be needing right now? And how can I help get us there in a way that isn't compromising my values and myself and my needs? How can I get us there in a way that will build my self-respect? Am I being effective in getting our needs met here? Is there a way to get our needs met here? Or is it better for me to disengage from this? Am I fighting a losing battle? One of the top priorities should be to be building self-respect. I also, I work with a lot of people who have shit self-esteem. You know, it's like a, all too common for so many of us to be living this life with just a horrible sense of self self-esteem and a remedy for that or a way to begin to a way to begin to remedy that is to focus on building self-respect every interaction first and foremost we have a relationship with ourselves First and foremost, before anybody else, you have a relationship with you and the way that you talk to yourself and about yourself and the behaviors you choose impact how you feel about yourself. So make choices 
and act in ways that increase your self-respect. Self-respect is based in actions that are grounded in our priorities and goals and values. Aries season I am, Taurus season I have, and now we're in Gemini where we're putting that work we're we're putting that work to work. <laughs> what are you? What are your priorities, goals and values? How do you take up space? How do you cultivate safety, security and pleasure? What are your priorities, goals and values? And how can you align your actions with those things at every turn? What do you respect? What do you respect about others and why? And how can you behave in similar ways? Respecting yourself provides the foundations for every interaction you have with others. And most of us... (laughs) We'll find self-respect when we can treat others with care, interest, validation, and respect. When we treat others with care, interest, validation, and respect, it allows us to form and nurture meaningful relationships that enrich our lives. It allows us to be effective during conflicts. When we treat others with care, interest, validation, and respect. And when we can learn assertiveness that is self-focused. You have a right to getting your wants and needs met more reliably. You have a right to say no. You have a right to set boundaries with others and to negotiate those boundaries when needed. And you have an obligation to assert those rights. So I want to leave you with a few of my top rules for communication and self-expression. There's like seven or eight of them. These are my, my number one rules for effective self-expression that is rooted in self-respect and, um, and that prioritizes healthy relationships with others. First, it's something that I'm so grateful that I learned um, in grad school is taking a non-judgmental stance with yourself and others. Learning to regard yourself and others positively. Assume positive intent. Check your narrative. Use words and actions that are respectful of yourself and others. Now, this might feel crazy to some of you, but it's one of my rules. Others do not need to earn your respect. (laughs) I know some people who would be like, Bullshit. (laughs) You have to, you do, you earn my respect. You have to earn my respect. And um, 
I, you know, I can even respect that <laughs> point of view. I can respect people who disagree with me on this. Um, but it has been very valuable, very helpful for me to um, kind of adopt this way of being where others do not need to earn my respect. We treat, I treat, I treat, <laughs> I treat others with respect because it builds my own self-worth. Now, others do not need to earn my respect, but they sure can lose it pretty quick. There are some very clear non-negotiables in my world where um, if you violate or break some pretty basic things, um, you know, you lose my respect. And that doesn't mean that, like, I will still um, treat you in a way that will build up my sense of self-worth, my sense of self-esteem, my sense of self-respect. So it's it's like different, right? Like you don't have to earn my respect, but you sure can lose it pretty quick. <laughs> and even if you lose it, you know, depending on the situation, it really depends on the situation. Uh, but I, I work to still make sure that I am aligned with behaviors that I can stand behind tomorrow or 10 years from, from now. Um, making sure that even if somebody loses my respect, that my behaviors are ones that I can be proud of and that I wouldn't mind, um, you know, my grandparents or my children or a stranger witnessing because I can stand behind how I'm behaving. I hope that makes sense. Another rule, no more unneeded apologies. No more unneeded apologies. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. <laughs> Don't say I'm sorry. If you're not sorry, no more sorries for your opinion or your viewpoint, for not disagreeing with others. No more apologies for simply being you. Avoid apologies over things you have no control over. Avoid apologies over wanting tacos when everybody else wants pizza. <laughs> Whatever it is. No more unneeded apologies. Sorry needs to mean something when it comes out of your mouth. And if you are dishing out unneeded apologies, uh, your sorry means jack shit. You are devaluing actual apologies and you are eroding your self-respect. I am so serious about this. I'm listening to my own tone and I'm like, whoa, Melissa, I am so serious about this. Stop it. <laughs> um, one thing that I've seen that really can help with this is, um, you're not sorry. You're thankful. You're not sorry that you were running late because traffic is bad, you're thankful that they waited for you. You're not sorry that you have a dietary restriction and you need to send the food back or choose a different restaurant. You're thankful that your company is willing to, um, you know, find a gluten-free option, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is. You're not sorry that you need to reschedule because your kid is sick. You're thankful that you get to. You're thankful for the understanding and the flexibility. You're not sorry for speaking your needs. You're done. You're done with that. Do you fucking hear me? <laughs> uh, I sound so serious because I am like you are done with that. 
be done with that. Ugh. No more unneeded apologies. And along with that, um, be honest with yourself and others. Like, be careful with your words. Don't say things that you don't mean. So if you are in a difficult situation where people are maybe disagreeing or it's hard for you to state your need, don't say it's fine if it's not fine. Don't say, oh, never mind, I didn't want to go anyway, if that's not true. Don't say, well, I don't even want a hug or we might as well just break up. Like, don't say anything if you don't if you don't really mean it. Because your words have power, your words have an impact. And when we say things trying to get some sort of point across, like, well, maybe we should just break up. If you don't actually want to break up, what do you mean by that? There's a more effective, more healthy, more helpful way to express what you're trying to express there. Say what you mean. I also think of times when like, we can be kind of dramatic or is the word hyperbole? Yeah, hyperbole. Exaggerated statements or claims not meant to be taken literally. I can be kind of a stickler for this. Like I think there's there's a time for I think there's a time for it. Oh, is it hyperbole or is it do people also say hyperbole? Hyperbole. Oh, it's oh. Oh no, I just had a chameleon moment. <laughs> Oh, it's hyperbole. Oh, see, I knew that I've heard the word hyperbole, but then I've read the word hyperbole. Um, and turns out those are the same thing. Okay, what am I saying? There's a time for hyperbole. Um, like, thank you, poets. Thank you, Pisces. <laughs> um, there's a time for hyperbole, but I think like we need to be very careful with it. And if we say like, God, I could just kill you right now. <laughs> like that maybe is not, mm, maybe we can skip that you know what I mean um say what you mean be impeccable with your word it's it's also a way that we can build our own sense of self-respect uh say what you mean be honest with yourself when talking with others focus on connecting not gossiping most of us don't really respect gossip or it's hard to build a sense of self-respect when we're gossiping. Uh, most of us don't like it. Most of us don't want to be gossiped about. And I think oftentimes what we're seeking while we're gossiping is to connect with others. That's my experience anyway. So I think as a rule, in healthy, effective self-expression and in building a sense of self-worth and self-esteem, self-respect, Really like taking gossiping out of the picture and focusing on connection instead. It's like an important rule and I'm not perfect at it. I'm not perfect at it. Um, I think gossiping is like a way of connecting, right? So like it's just but and it's something to keep in mind. <laughs> is there just like constantly aligning yourself with your priorities, goals and values? And I think most of us. I think we could do better, <laughs> you know, I think um, a focus on connection rather than gossiping. Um, I think that could be really healing and really helpful. 
Um, so that's just another one of my little communication rules. Um, remember that others cannot read your mind. They can't. It is your responsibility to let them know how you are and what you need. Even somebody who has known you your whole life, your closest, deepest, most intimate relationships and connections, even if it feels like he should know that I want tacos, he should know that I need a hug, she should know not to fucking say that to me today, <laughs> whatever it is, when we, we, we kind of get caught up in like, she should know, he should know, they should know, um, remember, no matter who they are, it's better to assume that they can't read your mind. It's better to assume that they don't know. And it builds your sense of self-respect when you're, when you, when you do assume that and you communicate your need instead, or in addition to them possibly knowing, it builds your effectiveness. It builds your self-esteem when you can express yourself and say, I need a hug. I need to not talk about this right now. I need some space. Like whatever it is, even if the other person quote unquote should know, um, clear is kind. Be, it's, it's not a waste of time for you to be more clear with people. Even those who maybe should know the thing already. Set yourself up to get your needs met and set other people up to do a good job meeting your needs by saying what you need, by saying what it is. Don't assume that they can read your mind. Don't assume that they already know. And one last note before I wrap it up and go is just to remember that self-expression is more than communication. It's more than verbal communication. We express ourself and what we need and what we're thinking in many more ways than just what we say. And um, just remembering that you have a massive impact in that way too. You have a massive impact in um, not only what you say, but how you say it and what you don't say. And that's just really important to keep in mind and something to explore as we move throughout the rest of Gemini season and beyond, right? But like really exploring um, how you express yourself beyond just your words. How do you want that to look? How can you stay congruent and express yourself most effectively with your words and with not your words, right? And on that note, that's all I have for you for this, for this Gemini season, at least. You can always go back and listen to, I did four episodes for Gemini 2022. So there's a lot more where this came from. Uh, and I'm excited to see what Gemini 2024 will hold, but not to get too ahead of myself. Whoa there. Rain it in. <laughs> Rain it in. I'm so glad that I was able to sit down with you today and um, and share some of this. I hope that it has served and felt helpful and inspiring as you move through the rest of Gemini season. In, on 
June 17th, we have a new moon in Gemini. So we're really invited to take these themes and these ideas and um, plant seeds. Like what do you want? Plant seeds of intention. How do you want to use Gemini energy and, and these Gemini invitations? How do you want to use them? as we move throughout the rest of the year and the next like six months um, in about six months, we will have a full moon in Gemini. So um, how do you want to see Gemini show up for you in the next six months? I like to think of it that way. Kind of like these bite-sized chunks. How do I want to use Gemini energy for the next season, for the next month or so? And Furthermore, how do I want to use Gemini energy or see it show up for me in the next six months? Speaking of, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I held my last moon meetup before maternity leave, Uh, but I'm going to keep moon meetups alive for my Meet Your Magic monthly membership uh, via email. And I'm really excited about this. I get to kind of revisit and rethink what I want my moon circles to be and um, how I want you all to apply expansive astrology in your life. Like I'm super excited about the future of my moon circles. And part of that is being crafted now, (laughs) like as we speak. So this new moon in Gemini will be the first virtual via email maternity leave moon circle (laughs) um moon circle maternity leave edition uh and i'm so excited to bring it to you if you are not signed up for the meet your magic monthly membership let me just remind you that you receive a personalized tarot reading for every month and an all access pass to all of my moon meetups which right now are happening just for my members and just via email. Um, This is the best way to stay connected with me, the best way to support my work, the best way to stay tethered and anchored in with my moon circles. And, um, you know, just for transparency's sake, it's my only income. It's the only income that the self-care witch is bringing in while I'm on maternity leave. So those of you who are signed up for my membership, please hear how thankful I am and how much I appreciate it and how much I hope um, that it feels valuable and worth it to you. I really want to um, show up and serve you. Um, I'm so, 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 so thankful to you. You know where to get more information. And just a reminder, you can cancel at any time. Not that you'll want to. (laughs) Um, Thank you again to those of you who are signed up for the membership. Thank you to those of you who are here listening to this. I just love this work that I'm doing in the world. And um, I appreciate you more than you know. Please don't feel shy. Please um, connect with me if you have anything to share. Uh, Make sure you're following me on Instagram where I do free tarot every Friday. And I will see you or you will hear from me very, very soon for our Cancer 2023 episode. 
And in the meantime, until then, um, wish me luck because I could be giving birth literally any any day. <laughs> it could happen anytime, which is surreal and weird and kind of scary. So um, keep me and my, my baby and my little family in your thoughts if you have any room to spare. <laughs> um, send a good vibe or two my way. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, that's all I have for you. I'm going to go. Um, take really good care of yourself and I'll see you around. Bye. Now, before you go, let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com, my bread and butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.